We are back here on the Daily Wildcat Football Podcast, and to start us off, I am joined by our sports editor, Jordan Pollock. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. We, Me and you were in a 9 a.m., and the 9 a.m. did not meet for the first time this whole semester, and it was so great to not have to wake up and go to that. That was great. That was great news. <laughs> did you sleep in? Yeah, more than usual, Yeah, which was great. When did you wake up? Like 10. 10? Oh, my gosh. I didn't even wake up that late. Sheesh. My guy. First time late. In a while, but let's get into some football, Jordan. Heck yeah. Um, and let's start off with some college football in general. There's some big games this weekend, um, and we'll get into the biggest game pretty much, number six, Michigan, number uh, eight, Michigan State, on a little bit. But let's start off with another huge game, um, and that will be uh, number 10, Ole Miss, is going to number 18, Auburn. You know, big quarterback matchup, Matt Corral uh, against Bo Nix. Auburn's favored by two and a half right now. The game's at 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Saturday. How do you see this one playing out? Um, I see Ole Miss kind of continuing on their pretty much hot streak ever since the Alabama game. They actually didn't look super terrible in that Alabama game, but Matt Corral – I think is number one in the Heisman. Like he's he's had a spectacular season. He's been fully in control of Lane Kiffin's offense. Um, I, I expect Ole Miss to win that game. Um, I don't think it's super close. Honestly, I think it's a, at least a two score game for Ole Miss. Damn, Ole Miss is, has been playing really good, but I'm I'm rolling with Bo Nix. I you mean, think you think Auburn's gonna win? That I game? think Auburn's been pretty pretty good this year. I mean, yeah, they lost the. Penn State and Penn State, and they lost to Georgia. But Georgia's the number one team in the country. Penn State, you know, has fall has fallen off a little bit since then. But a you know, bit, a little bit. Okay. Last <laughs> week, I mean, they beat the brakes off of Arkansas, um, in Arkansas. So yeah, uh, but Arkansas's best win is who? A and M. Still a good SEC win at Arkansas. They I guess, they, but they they were an SEC hopeful a few weeks ago. Yeah, but it's also the SEC, which is always been overrated and every yeah i don't know about that what do you mean all the teams are competitive there yeah but it's like that almost in every conference like no it's not the pac-12 half the pac-12 stinks there are four big 10 teams in the top 10 yeah the big 10 is good big 10 big 10 is the best conference in football right now yeah but okay sec second okay yeah but that's that's never the conversation though it's always sec and then a few miles away is big 10 and then yeah, but ACC, even Big Twelve, like it's always been, SEC. Yeah, but is SEC, the top of the pack always. Yeah, but SEC any, and conf, in any in conference matchup, they're still hard. Oh, it's, for sure. Like, like they're still to go on the road. It's the same thing. Michigan went on the road to Nebraska. Oh, for sure. Like that. That's a tough game. Those games are still tough. I know they might. You know, they might not be as good, but you know, they're they're still tough. It's still it's still a tough test. For sure, but that's that's the conversation though. See. Like last week, Penn State, Penn State's a, were they top 10, top 15? Illinois wins that game. Illinois does not change at all. Like it's like, oh, Penn State is bad. If that game is, say, um, I don't know, Ole Miss and who's like a very bottom SEC school right now, Tennessee. If that's Ole Miss and Tennessee, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is the very, very bottom. Okay, Tennessee's pretty good. Uh, Okay. But would you? But like last Saturday, Illinois is pretty good. But but I, I make those comparisons because if 
if that game's at Ole Miss and Tennessee wins that game, then the conversation is not, oh, Ole Miss is overrated. The conversation is Tennessee is really good, and that's just because of the SEC biasness that has existed for the last 20 years to where, like, that happens in the Big Ten, then it's, oh, Penn State actually isn't good at all because Illinois is really bad, not the other way around. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, another point I have, just in general in college football, I've liked what Ole Miss has done, and I just I want to see a new team – you know, the last in the college football playoff era, I think it's been about six. This might be the seventh year, if I'm right. Um, and it's you know it's been the same four yeah. to six teams. You know, yep. Oregon was in it once. Michigan um, State was in it once. Notre Dame. Notre I think Dame they were was in it twice. twice. Yeah. So, but like you know, it's always Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. It's the same team. So you know, Ole Miss is still there's still a path out there for them to get in. You know. Yeah, I. I agree. I agree. I think, I think we've kind of known ever since, probably honestly, week one and week two when there are a lot of just weird, weirdly played games that this would be the year for some of those middle of the pack conference teams and possibly even group five, group of five teams to get in. Like Cincinnati's the main one. Yeah, um, getting Cincinnati real quick. I I just don't see them getting into the playoff. You know, right now. Uh, is that because of the committee? Didn't the committee already rank them? I mean, mm. right right now they're ranked number two, but a lot still needs to play out. Alabama's three with one loss. Oklahoma undefeated at four. I think if, if Oklahoma goes undefeated and wins the um, and wins their conference, uh, wins the Big Twelve, there's no way they can be denied. That's still a tough test. You know, the Big Twelve always beats each other up, kind of like the Pac-12, and the reason why the Pac-12 never gets in. But yeah, I think one of these one of these Big Ten teams will get in. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Uh, two or three of them are undefeated right now. Ohio State being one loss. One of them definitely gets in, and then Georgia maybe. Georgia's not even guaranteed though, because do, let me let me get your take on this thought, Jordan. Georgia plays Alabama, and I believe the last game of the season. Oh really. Yeah, let me uh, let me do No, 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 not the or no, no, no. They, no, they don't. They they don't play each other in the regular season. But they would play no, each other. The SEC that's is what I meant. Really screwed up. They, in they, they, those they interconference. Yeah, so they play each other. Division games. They'll play each other most likely in the SEC championship. That's what mm-hmm. I meant to say. Okay. And if Alabama beats Georgia, do you think they still put Georgia in? If Alabama were to beat Georgia, do they still put Georgia in? Um, if Georgia's undefeated up at that point. They, they they would be one. If, they they both would be if, one loss at that point. Yes. Um, uh, it would depend on a few things. I think the main thing is it'll depend on the OU. If OU stays undefeated. If OU stays undefeated, they win their conference. I think they get in. Um, that was that was the biggest thing with them last year. Is that very first game of the year against um who was it Louis, uh, louisiana raging cajuns that was the yeah. only loss <laughs> huge loss but in louisiana actually turned out to be really good but that was the only game that really prevented oklahoma from even getting in and so they won those close games i know they had a close game against tulane i think it was week two um but that was the thing that kept them out last year so i think if oklahoma if they go if they go all the way undefeated they win their conference championship i think they're in yeah, and I think as uh, of right now, Georgia and Alabama. I think the winner of that game, if they're both still haven't lost up to that point, is automatically in. 
And to, like, like to me, what I was going to say is another thing. The only way to me that, and this is going by the past history of the committee and their decision-making, if Alabama loses to Georgia, they'd be out. They'd be a two-loss team if they lose to them in the SEC championship. But if they win, I think it'd be really hard to keep Cincinnati them out. I agree. because the fourth put team, Cincinnati. You think Cincinnati is that one team that's out? Yeah, because because that. at that point it would be that. That's also assuming Oklahoma goes undefeated. You know, if Oklahoma Agreed. wins, they'll be out. But if Oklahoma goes undefeated, and then uh, either Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State will have one loss and win the Big Ten championship. One of those three, so they'll be in one of them because the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I don't see yeah. them. Sadly. I, I, it all comes back to SEC biasness. Like, there's no, I don't think there's any way the Big Ten can get more than one team in. And that, I think a lot of that is just due to biasness. Cause, cause you play the same exact thing for the way it, it worked out for Georgia when that, that year Georgia and Alabama played in the national championship. Georgia wasn't even in the SEC championship. So the way that could play out this year, say Michigan goes undefeated, they lose very closely to an Ohio State team. And Ohio State goes on and wins the Big Ten championship. If if they put Michigan in that same way that that one year that they put Georgia in after yeah. not even playing in the SEC championship, I think that would be great. But there's a biasness, and that's never going to happen. Yeah, but sadly. but but also the difference is with the Big Ten is all these teams play each other. Ohio State plays Michigan State at Ohio State the second to last week, For sure. and then they're the going to knock each other out. And then the last week they play they go on the road to Michigan, obviously very hard. But so. So I mean, is, is so is that almost a conversation of the really dumb way that the SEC does their cross division scheduling that really benefits the SEC and possibly getting more than one team in as opposed to the Big Ten they and pretty much every other conference like will play the other team on the other division once every three or four years. Yeah, but I actually I, I'm not against the way the SEC does it if you're in opposite you know sides of the opposite divisions of the overall conference because then it'll be the first time yeah. that ours or that not Arizona that Alabama plays Georgia instead of them already playing you know the first time they'll play will be in the SEC championship like so it's almost every year so you don't think there's a problem with Alabama having to play at Florida once every 12 years I mean maybe but I mean there's there's divisions in the conference for a reason for sure but I, I don't know I I just don't I I just don't enjoy that especially as a college football fan and of saying hey if this conference is the best why are they only playing like one of the better schools from the other side two time like two total times every twelve years that's insane that's that's that, I think that's moronic honestly but but, it, but it's also I mean it's just the way Alabama is Alabama most years has a very easy schedule and that's Agreed. just how yeah, it's been. I completely agree with that. Yep. Alabama has a very easy schedule. They probably have three games every year that they circle and they, they're they, like, they have, they, and if they lose one of them, they still have a chance to get in the playoffs. Like that, that's it's a joke. That's like this year. Them having them having one loss. Yeah, they obviously if they didn't lose if they didn't lose to Texas A and M, they still would have a great shot to win. Don't get me or I mean to, oh, to go to the playoff, but easily. But they're let's be real. They're as you just said, their percentage of going to the playoff after that loss went down a little bit. Yeah, they Not were a they, ton, though. they were like the one seat or they weren't the one seat at the time, but they were I think the two and then what did they drop to? The three now and they're basically the same. Um but that but that's the that's what you get. I guess that's your reward for being the best program in the country year after year. 
that's your reward, and I'm not really against that. But it's one thing if it's Alabama, but it's almost like all of those top tier SEC schools. Like Georgia's in that conversation too. If Georgia, yeah, but, yeah, but if Georgia they, loses, if Georgia loses to Florida, they're not going to go any lower than six. Yeah, but they I agree, but they're still not held on the same pedestal as Alabama for sure. Because it's Alabama, and, and Georgia hasn't Georgia hasn't been in the playoff every year. No, they've only made it actually once, I believe. Right? Uh, I think more than that. Once or twice. I think twice at least. They they've made it more than once, hundred percent. But yeah, um, yeah, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I strongly believe there needs to be a reworking of the college playoff format moving forward. Don't get me wrong. It needs to be expanded. Yeah, 100%. We'll we'll always say that. 100%. I mean, there's always a team that gets left out that shouldn't. I'm not saying getting back to the Cincinnati case that an undefeated team shouldn't or should be left out, but that's been the precedent, and it's – it's just don't like you know what I would say to Cincinnati or say to UCF if you want to make it say next year Cincinnati like schedule harder out of conference you know games you know mm-hmm. if you want it you know your conference sucks they're not idiots so it's like if you want to have a chance to make it a better chance schedule harder opponents and then then you're if you get the job done then you know for Cincinnati yeah I'm saying in the future I think that Notre Dame one proves proves that the case though. yeah yeah but one one game isn't enough as you as you ever seeing for sure. Yeah, but it's also but we're now now we're getting into a case of that's a group a group of five school compared to power five schools. Okay, but that's that's what you got to do to kind of close that gap because there always will be a gap. But you know you have to schedule. That's why a lot of these teams, and that's why I look at some of these teams like and don't put them on the high state where they should maybe be at because they don't play anyone. You know, like look who they play. They're they're, they're they almost lost to freaking uh, Navy last week. Or was it Army? I think it, it was, was Navy. It was Army. It oh, was well, Army. it was it Army? All right. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, they, they won by a touchdown. It's <laughs> When you can't finish those games that strongly, it's – I don't know. They've been good. They've been really good. Don't get me wrong. But Georgia has made the college football playoff once when they got to the national championship in the time of the playoffs existing just to set the record straight. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they've really been – they haven't. They've always been on that level through the regular season, but when it comes playoff time, I mean, they've always choked every year. Like that's why, like I still like have questions about them because in my mind, it's just like it's Georgia. It's the same thing every year. It's Georgia, you know. Like like they'll they'll go to the SEC championship, they'll lose. That's what they do every year. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's just what they do. Alabama, yeah. It's just what they do because of Alabama and how good they are every year. So that's why I just don't. I don't view Georgia ahead of Alabama right now. I mean, yeah, they they're gonna be favored. I wonder what that line. What do you? Th- how many points do you think they'll they'll be favored by against Alabama? In the in the SEC championship. Yeah. yeah. If they both still haven't lost up to that point, I wouldn't think it would be by very much. Yeah. I'd say it's probably. I'd say it's less than five. So you probably favored. field goal. Probably. Well, it'd be on neutral site too. And those Georgia Alabama games usually are within one score yeah yeah i just the last sec championship when jalen hurts had to come in and say yeah. to us but they had to come back in that game against georgia um the national championship the very year before Tua won it in overtime to that deep touchdown to Devonte smith um i also think um they've been playing well you know they, they've struggled they lost to uh stanford oregon 
I, I, I really like Oregon. I liked them from the beginning. I'm, I, was, I was so mad when they lost because I thought they had a real shot to go far this year. But, I mean, they're not technically out of it either. If they run the table, it's win true. the Pac-12 championship, they're one loss. And right now, yeah, they're ranked seven. But you I know, think they still need help, though. But, That's yeah, the they, they do. But, you know, Michigan's ranked ahead of them. Ohio State's ranked ahead of them. As they're going to punch as we each said, other out. Yep. Yeah, so one of them at least. So they'll be on that, that, that doorstep, that five to six range probably. Assuming you know, they keep winning. And you never know. Like, you know, Oklahoma, the Big 12, does it to themselves every year. I mean, they still have tough matchups. They're playing – uh, they're playing at Baylor or o- Iowa State and then finish at Oklahoma State, all tough matchups before the uh, conference championship game there. I would keep an eye on for Oregon. I think one specific game that they need to be ready for the week, the Saturday before Thanksgiving at Utah, that That'll be could tough. be a tough one for them. If they were to win, if they were to win out and they win that game, I, and assuming they win in their Pac-12 championship it like I said they still need help but they would have a good case especially yeah. with that huge win against Ohio State yeah and like I might sound like I, good, I might sound know? like I'm just like just crapping on you know what Cincinnati has done but I mean like I have a, a one loss Oregon team to me that wins the Pac-12 championship I have them ahead of I have them ahead of Cincinnati I hate to say it yeah I mean yeah but that's just I don't know. I think that's more valuable. I, I really, I really do. Yeah, I can, I can respect that. But I also, I also think I don't think you can ask much from a program to say, "Hey, win every single game," you know. And that's outside of that one game last week. They've won every single game very handedly. And if any other one of these schools, again, still wrong to compare a Group Five, Power Five. If any one of these schools in the top 25 were to win every single football game and do it pretty handedly in almost every single one of them, they would easily be given yeah, but it's be- a as, shot. Yeah, but as know. we know, it's because of the schedule. It's because of the opponents and the conference Definitely. that you're in. You know, Definitely. That's why. They've, uh, they still have two power five wins, though. Well, Notre Dame's. I mean, I'm not even convinced they're going to run the table. Like, uh, I'm not. That's that's how. You think they'll lose a game? That that's how. I'm not that confident. They got one ranked opponent still on their schedule. SMU, who's good. And they're going to have to play in the championship game, which championship games are tough. It's tough to do that. It's tough to win a conference championship. I will say, I will say for Cincinnati though, they likely probably won't make the playoffs, but they are in a position where they've pushed and they're going to be in the Big Twelve in the next few years. And so that's a huge step in in trying to get to where they're wanting to get to. Um we'll see if Luke Fickle's still there. I think he I think I think USC might have some interest in Luke Fickle. I think that could be a dark horse hire for Yeah. He's yeah, a, I just he's a think, really good coach. Yeah, he is. He's he's really good. But um yeah, I, I think that it's just tough when you're not a power five conference is, to, yeah. to get that's the bottom line really. Yeah. We saw it with UCF. They looked dominant against everyone, and then I believe they lost their bowl game that year. I forget to I forget who they I forget who they played for US, UCF. Yeah, didn't they lose their bowl game that year? Uh, I forget who they played. Which one? I think they might have the been one when they're the undi- they yeah. said they're the undisputed national champions. Yeah. No, they beat Auburn because oh, they beat Auburn because Auburn that year beat Alabama. They're like, oh, we basically beat Alabama. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> But Jordan, before oh. we go here, I wanted to move on and just get your prediction um, for this uh, weekend's game against USC. It's at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the LA 
Memorial Coliseum. We'll be there in attendance. So be sure to check out all of our content um, that we'll be producing from L.A. I'm really excited. I've been there once. I've never been inside of it, but I'm yeah, I've so never excited. Been, I've never been to the stadium. Such a historical venue. I'm very excited. Um, as much as we love picking against U of A, and almost every single time I feel like we've done a prediction, I've predicted U of A to win. I think they'll win. I think they'll win. I think they'll sure. find a way. <laughs> this is. I think I. I think I predicted them to win every game besides last week. But Jordan, come on, dude. Dude, USC's bad though, dude. Dude, I, I know I, I was um USC's bad. I think I'll that's get something into the, people don't understand. I'll get into this um with our conversation um Pre-game. right 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 now, right after this that I had with Jacob. Oh yeah. Um our former sports editor. But yeah, like I they're favored by twenty points right now. USC should not be favored by twenty oh, by, no, by three touchdowns <laughs> by three touchdowns against anybody. They're they're they have looked bad at some points. Oh, yeah. They, At a lot of points. They don't look good. Oh, tickets are going out for $15, according to Vivid Seats. That's crazy. <laughs> At the Coliseum. What? Oh uh, so, like, what's your score prediction here? I think it's going to be low scoring. I think U of A is going to win, but what, they're, what, not gonna, me, they're not going to have to do it by going over 20. 17 to 14. Uh, I don't know about that. I would be shocked if Arizona's defense holds them on their 20, but the defense <laughs> has looked really good. You know? Yeah, yeah, they have lately. Outside of last week's second half performance. Yeah. Any. But before before uh, before we uh, move on and, and go here, um, you got anything else, Jordan? Um, not so sure. I I think I think my game to watch this week is Michigan Michigan State. That's a top ten matchup, which is so fun to see two two of the four Big Ten teams that are in the top ten. Yep. And it's a huge rivalry, huge in-state rivalry. I still remember a few years ago, um, Devin Bush, who's now a linebacker at, yep. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Great player. Um, he played for Michigan. I think it was three, three or four years ago. And like pregame, they got in a little, he got in a little altercation with Michigan State as they're doing like this huge like line thing, and they're starting to do warm-ups. And he like ran to the middle of the field with his cleat, and he started to dig up the Spartan logo. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. I love that, and it's a trophy game. That's something. Who do you, if that's you, something as us as Pac-12 fans don't even, sadly, don't even get to experience really at all. Like how many trophy games there are in the Big Ten? Territorial Cup. Okay, that's 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 a okay. That's that's a something else. But um, what but it, these trophy give me, give me a prediction, these give trophy me a, games. Are give different. me a prediction here, dude. I think I think Michigan's legit. I think Michigan's legit. I think Michigan State is also legit. I am too. But I, I think Michigan's going to keep – I think they're going to be undefeated going into the Ohio State game. Um, so I, I think Michigan's going to win that game. Um, I also think it'll be low scoring because that's, that's, how, that's how Michigan's won games, which, yeah. is, which has been really cool to see, especially with how much heat that Jim Harbaugh's had over the last few years of not having really dynamic offenses. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the year that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan gets over the hump. I think I they're going to win. It's I think perfect time for him. <laughs> I think they're going to win the Big Ten. Actually, even oh. though I hate I hate Michigan so much, but I think they are this year. I think there's going to be some new blood at the top. But um, but yeah, yeah I think I think they win that game. Um, it's at Michigan State, so I think that's that that definitely goes into the hands of the Spartans. But I think that's going to be – I think it's going to be a close game. I think Michigan will edge it about 38-35, to 35, another field goal. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it should be a great weekend of college football. Uh, thanks for joining the show, Jordan. But, thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, coming up next, uh, I will be joined by our former sports editor, Jacob Minuti. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Daily Wildcat Football Podcast. I am here joined today by a very special guest, uh, our former sports editor, Jacob Minuti. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. If it was going to be back, it's been a couple months. We were just talking about it earlier, but this this new podcast room is nice and fancy. I remember we were yeah. doing these podcasts. We are doing them on Zoom, so yeah. I, got the, I got the mic and the headset. Now it's a big upgrade for me. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. It's great to be back in the uh, office for sure. But uh, what, have your, what have your thoughts been the last few weeks of the Arizona football team? Last week, they lost 21-16 uh, after being up 16-7 to uh, seven in Going into the fourth quarter, what did you think about that game? Maybe the last two games, your overall opinion? Yeah, I mean, it just feels like same crap, different week, honestly. <laughs> it's been really hard. I mean, I think Jed described it perfectly um, at the, the press conference this week, saying that they're just not playing a full game of football. They're playing, you know, I forgot what the exact quote was, like 40-something minutes of football. Yeah. And they're just picking and choosing which which minutes they want to play, and that's obviously not going to fly. Um, I, I, th- I It's been weird. I don't know if you want to consider this an upgrade or – you know, improvement or, or or not, but I've noticed, you know, towards the beginning of the season, it seems like Arizona was getting off to a rough start at the beginning of the game. They were down early to start the games, but these past couple games, they've kind of fallen apart later in the game. So they yeah. started strong and hanging, hanging tough for three quarters and then kind of had, you know, fizzled out in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that's anything to compare about, if that's something that, like, you know, you can look at as, like, something that they're improving on and say, hey, well, at least we're starting the game well. Um, but I don't know. I think it's it's been it's been – Oh, it's, it's been tough. I always, you know, people always talk to me about the team and they're like, you know, why is this team so bad? You know, kind of like the casual friends. Um, and I kind of just see it as like, really, I mean, I'm still trusting this coaching staff, to be honest with you. I know the 0-7 looks ugly and, you know, you kind of want to point the fingers of the coaching staff. But like, really, I think I'm kind of trusting this process because I've already kind of, I think we've already seen improvements um, from this team, um, at least defensively. I mean, you know, we've seen what Don Brown's done. This this defense looks a lot better than it did last year, and that's just pure coaching, really. So I think, you know, you can get away with, I think, having not having all the pieces on defense, but if you've got a good coaching team on defense, you know, you could, you know, good blitzes, good coverages, you know, you can get away with not having those guys. Um, but offense, there's just really not much Brennan Carroll and Jed Fish can really do because I think for me, it's, you know, to have a good offense, you need – one of the two things you need a good quarterback or a good offensive line if you don't have one you need to have the other and arizona doesn't have either one of them to be honest it's kind of they're both kind of average so it's like so hard for an offense to really do something and it's hard for jet fish you know he can call all the right plays he wants but if will Plummer doesn't throw it to the right receiver he's gonna make the right read if the o-line doesn't block there's not much you can really do really so it's you know I'm, i've seen we've seen improvements from this coaching staff um but i think we have to be a little more more patient let Jed and Brandon Carroll bring in these guys um, to kind of help out that team. Yeah, you made a lot of good uh, points there. And the one thing, the one constant to me throughout the football team throughout this season has been the effort level on this team. I think it's been very high. I think they are trying, as you said, in the defense has been the bright spot. The defense has played very well. Um, You know, they haven't given up that many points. Um, If you look at uh, per quarter and, when they've allowed certain things. The yard totals, yeah. too, are a lot less than they were, than were last year. Yeah, I think I've been a little critical throughout the season of the play calling, but I do think that it's because they too, they have 
as you mentioned, Brendan Kyle and Judd Fish leading the offense, two you know inexperienced guys have never really had. This is both their biggest roles they've ever had. I mean, Judd Fish was an interim head coach one time, but you know, short period of time. But yeah, I really, I think, I I do think this was their best game this past weekend against uh, Washington of the season by far. I mean, they had a lead into the fourth quarter. They've never done that. Uh, they held them to under 100 yards throughout the first half. Uh, I think it's really just been they're being held back by their quarterback play. I really think that's the um, issue. And it's just a shame because Jordan McLeod was playing well. I thought he had a great performance against Oregon, even despite the four or five picks. I forget what he had that game. But, you know, I really think if they had him, they could win a game or two. I just think Will Plummer is – He's not – I thought he wasn't going to hurt them as much, but when he's throwing a pick inside the 20 in the third quarter, that's – to me, that that stuck out. No, there's not, never one play, you know, that changes the game, but that, that stuck like out. Game. That yeah. stuck out to me. Yeah. That felt like the game. I felt like everybody kind of just know. I think even Jed said that, that that play right in particular kind of felt like the, the winds were coming out of the sail there or the sail. What's the what's the expression? Yeah, I think that something yeah, that, like that. that something, like, <laughs> something like that. But, it, yeah. but it, that game against Washington was just so weird, and because the, you know the I believe three field goals were made, and Arizona, as we know, the last two to three years have been one of the worst field goal kicking team I could remember. So yeah, it it really it's really tough, and you know I said the other day on my radio show that a lot of football teams, you know, they could play one to two good quarters and they can win a football game. But this, yeah. uh, as Jetfish said, it's going to take 60 minutes. And that's not just an expression. That's for real. Yeah. Against any team, it doesn't matter. The It doesn't matter the, you know, how many wins people want to next week. They're playing Cal um, homecoming weekend. But, I mean, any team, you know, is a tough test for this team. I talked, I was saying the other day, like, even, like, people ranked, I think it was the Athletic ranked Arizona 130th out of the 130, you know, <laughs> FB, uh, FBS teams. And, you know, some of the some of the lower teams like UConn or any of those teams, maybe, but, like, they could beat them. But, like, I don't think this team could for sure beat anyone right now. Yeah, it's winning is hard, man. Like you said, like, Arizona is just not a good enough team to slack off for, for one or two quarters. Like, they need four quarters of perfect football. If there's any room for error, it's just going to be tough. And it's just so hard. When you know you've lost, what is it now, 18 straight? Yep. It's just so hard because that's just in your brain. It's all a mentality thing. Like, you know, you one bad play happens to you, it's like, oh gosh, here we go again. Like, it's just, it's so hard because, like, it, I, you just, you just, I, like, like you said, it's just like 18 straight. It's just, that's just in your head. It's just embedded in you. Like, winning is just so hard. It's like, how do you win a game with no confidence? But it's like, how do you build confidence without winning? It's and, just Jed, like, and Jed always says, you know, they're only 7-0. and I mean, they're only 0-7 because the previous 11 were under a different regime. Sure, yeah. Under Sunland. But a lot of these players they were, were here. For it, yeah. You know, so it's not a race that of their minds. They all were here for it. So he could say that all he wants. But, you know, there's still – there's a bigger hump to get over than, than seven games. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, also something – that I wanted to throw to you and see what you would think about this. I I think that, you know, they should look seriously look at starting Jamar Joyner in one of these last um, – after this uh, game, there'll be eight games in, so they'll have four left. I think they should, they should actually really think about starting him in one of the final four games. What do you think about that? 
I think it's interesting. I don't know if right now Jamari is really the you know the solution to this team right now. I kind of like the you know using him at the goal line, kind of like how the Niners are using Trey Lance right now. Uh, kind of just bringing him in at the goal line, kind of using you know RPOs and stuff like that. And the RPOs worked with Jamari out there. It was a pretty good balance. Um, but I think you know if Jamari were to start full time, I don't know if his throwing threat is good enough right now for defenses to really. For you know, for for Jamari to cause problems for other defenses, right? Because right now he's just out there running RPOs, just kind of style, you know, you know, cute little quirky plays. Um, so if you kind of run that every single down, it's it doesn't actually work as much as you would think. I, um, I agree. That's a fair point. To me, it's just at what point, you know, say they get to the last two games, they still haven't won. It's what what when do they get to a point where the Will Palmer experiment's over? They've seen sure. the thing, and he can't throw it more than 10 yards. He can't complete open passes. So it's at a certain point, you got to – I would be shocked if Will Plummer keeps – like if he plays against USC and then Cal like he has been the last few games, I'd be shocked if he starts the, the final two to three games. <laughs> you know? What's going on, Brett? <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Brett poked his head in there. It's just yeah. on his face. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, like, how many how many more weeks until Noah Fifita comes downstairs? I'm counting down the weeks because our QB room is just a mess right now. Our yeah. Arizona's QB I, room. Arizona really needs him to. Everyone's been talking about him, but Arizona really needs him to step up and yeah. actually be a player. Or, I mean, next year they they could have more options if you got him in the room and then. I mean, some of these guys will still be here. I don't think they'll all be here. I think either Cruz or McLeod could transfer. Will Plummer, I don't really believe he has much transfer value, maybe to an FCS team. But, you know, yeah, I. what, what do you think about the future of this? I mean, yeah, who knows what the transfer porter is going to look like. Um, I know I see the jokes on Twitter about Spencer Rattler coming, yeah. to, coming, coming to U of A. I'm all on board for that. But, yeah, who knows what the, what the, uh, the transfer porter is going to look like. And, Jed has a good track record. I mean, like, if you just look at him, like, people would want to play for Jed Fish. I mean, people... Quarterbacks want to play for Jed People Fish. already want to play for Jed Fish when he's yeah. proven nothing. It's... Yeah, the, the what is it? The big surprising thing, which I'm so... I give him so much credit. The number one thing is that supposedly hasn't lost the locker room yet, which to me is crazy. Uh, after, you know, going 0-7 in his first seven games, the first five, five to six, didn't... There was no hope, really, in any of them. It was just disappointing after disappointment, you know, after losing the NAU and, and further. But, yeah, I just don't know what he's telling the guys in the locker room. This this past weekend, was he said that the team was the most angry that they've been all season, and they, they were really devastated, which to me, I don't know how that's possible. How are you incredibly yeah, devastated when you lose 34 uh, to nothing to Colorado? It no, just doesn't I, make sense. The coaching staff is night and day. I mean, it's the fact that this team is 0-7 and they're still, you know, wanting to play. It's just crazy because, like, you look at last season, like, teams, we were done after, you know, three or four games. Like, nobody wanted to play for Kevin Sumlin anymore. Like, that team was just so defeated and so deflated. So to see this, it's it's night and day, really. I think it was also staff. I think it was also because Kevin Sumlin was in his third year, I believe. And, yeah. you know, this is the That's first right. year. Sure. Not even through a full season, so... I do think that everyone should give Fish a fair shot and let him go into the second year. I'm I'm not saying I haven't said in the past after some of these games where I think they should they should get rid of him just because it's just so much you know build up frustration with Jed Fish and some of his play calling has been I think his play calling has been horrible. If I if I had to say Jed Fish, yeah, I think it's yeah. been horrible. 
I, I really it's don't. A little, it's, it's a little conservative. Yeah, I agree with you. But it's like also at the same time, he's kind of just calling what he's working with. He can't really call these crazy plays that take time to develop if the O-line's not going to hold up. Yeah. Or if he, his quarterback can't make that throw down the field. So it's kind of just, you know, he has to, I feel like he has to kind of shorten the playbook a little bit for Will Plummer and that offensive line. But yeah, I agree. I think they could take more shots. Yeah, I think, field, I think he's, sure. he's also mentioned that not blaming his quarterbacks, but he's also kind of hinted at a high level, like he's hinted multiple times that his quarterbacks are just not making the reads. And that's another thing yeah. is the, the coaches can only do, in, in Fish's and Carroll's defense, they can only do so much. You yeah, know, exactly. The quarterback needs to yeah. make a read. He, yeah. he brought it up, like I think it was against Colorado. He had uh, Bryce Walma wide open on the left, the left side, and he yeah. went to like a five-yard pass to Barry Hill. So it's when your quarterback isn't making the reads and the, the throws, it's hard to you know it's hard to make those plays and to get over this hump. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think when your team is this bad, it's a combination of <laughs> coaching, players, play calling, everything. It's a it's a a full team thing. I think it's really you know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff that's been horrible this year, but the one bright spot. I mean, Stanley Berryhill has been incredible. I looked the other day. He's eighth in uh, receptions. Uh, I believe he has 57 so far, which is just incredible. I, I think he's a legit NFL prospect. That's exactly what, what I was going to say, a legit NFL prospect, honestly. I think he's kind of those diamond-in-the-rough type of guys. Um, you know, kind of how we saw J.J. Taylor and Gary Brightwell. I know the two of them aren't having, you know, a lot of touches. Actually, J.J. Taylor had two yeah, touchdowns last touchdowns. week. Let's Garbage go. time, might I have, but it's okay. Two yeah. touchdowns is two touchdowns. Touches. But yeah, I, I mean, Stanley Merrill, he's, he's just so solid and so productive in that slot. Um, I, 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 oh, I can't remember what the exact stat is, but he's on pace for some sort of passing record um, yeah. at your, or receiving yards yeah. at U of A. It's, it's so impressive, you know, from him being a walk-on to where he Two is Two-star player. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, what a story. Yeah, I really... Getting back to Jamari a little bit, I really think they need to... I, I don't know why... He went, you know, from last season being the number one guy to getting hurt and now not even be able to get him on the field as a wide receiver. I think they need to get him on the field uh, in any way possible. It doesn't have to be the Wildcat. Everyone wants to see these Wildcats. Yeah. I, I brought the suggestion of maybe him being a full-time quarterback, but also if that's not the plan, then that's not the plan. He could be a receiver, and I don't know why. I mean, I think he is – the offense is just limited, you know, with Will Plummer, so it's hard to get everyone involved. But you know, what do you think happened here? It's Honestly, really crazy. yeah, I was a little interested. Like I was kind of, you know, thinking the same thing too. I think it was kind of just a series of unfortunate events. You know, he started the year coming off. I think it was was it a knee surgery or something yeah. coming off him. So he was still recovering, and I think by the time he, you know, got healthy or like almost healthy, was when the QB room started to collapse a little bit. So I think at this point, they just don't want Jamari out there running routes because if anything happens to him, it's Will Plummer and Luke Ashworth. So it's yeah, just and, like, and Booby was playing well in his absence. Yeah, we know we love Booby around yeah, here. <laughs> Booby carries us yeah, up. He's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that could be it, but I wouldn't be shocked. Do you know how, much, how many years left he has left of eligibility? Jamari? Yeah, he might have one. Oh, geez, I've kind of started to lose count. The COVID year kind of yeah. you know, messed think, up all I my think, counting. I think, I think he's got one or two at least, two. Yeah, he has some sort of eligibility left. I, I would be shocked if he comes back here. I mean, how how could what could Fish say to a guy like that where he just you know doesn't have any opportunities? Well, to I get mean, him back? I mean, who knows? People like like we talked about. People like playing for Jet Fish. People like playing here. Who knows who's gonna leave and stay? Like 
honestly, I mean, like, how much more losing can you take? But, I mean... A lot of these guys we know don't have many options. It's not like USC or, sure, you know, exactly. or Ohio State's calling for any of these, a right, lot of these right, guys. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. I think I, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see Jamari Stanner of the year. I think if... I mean, maybe we'll have to see how the rest of his, how the rest of the season develops, his, yeah. him as a quarterback. But I think as a receiver, it, it is weird how he's not one of the top three guys out there. It must be just because as soon as he got healthy, the QB room started to collapse, and they just don't want him out there. Um, I don't really know, but yeah, I mean, he was. The, I mean, I don't want to say the clear cut number one last season, but he was one of the, the top receivers. He was the last top season. two. Yeah, the him and Barry Hill were top two for sure. So to see him kind of fall down in the depth chart is really weird for sure. Yeah, another interesting position. Let's get into the running back uh, position. Michael Wiley, Drake Anderson have been the top two guys throughout uh, six weeks, but this past week they both were banged up. They only were activated for the game against Washington in case of emergency. Stevie Rocker, Jalen John, uh, two young guys, um, have played very limited uh, football at the college level so far, but they really were, were incredible. Both ran for over 65 yards. Uh, what have you thought about them? I mean, I always liked Jalen Johnson coming out of high school, or Jalen John, excuse me, yeah. coming out of high school. He's just, a, he's just a tank, really. He's just a really good runner. And Stevie Rocker, too, I mean, I think at the beginning of camp, he was, was he the number one running back? He was up there. I think for so. I remember, I, remember I, I remember, I think I texted you, like, the first, I think it was spring camp, like, the first time I saw him, they, like, stood out. Like, yeah. He, he's really quick. Like, yeah. I, I really think he... He could be special, special player. He's only a freshman. Yeah, they're both really good runners, I think. Uh, they've got a pretty good running back room, I think, back there. Um, it's all just going to be how they're going to use them all, really. But, you know, with injuries and stuff like that, like, stuff opens up. So, But, yeah, Jalen John's a great runner. Steven Rocker's very good. I like them both. Yeah, do you – I wanted to ask you about, like, your overall take. Do you think there's, you know, a clear end in sight here of success, of any success? Do you see a, a, like a bright spot that they could get to, or a not like winning down the road here? Like, do you think? Do you believe that this season? No, no, not not this season. Do you believe the Jed? Do you basically believe the Jedfish experiment will work here in Tucson? I think it has potential. We've already seen what what is it? The fourth ranked uh, recruiting class in the Pac-12 already, and that's with like he he racked that up before the season even started. Really, yeah, so yeah, he did. I think as soon as you, I think next year, I think might be a big proving. Um, to, to see kind of where this team is going because now next season is when Fish is going to start to have the guys that he recruited and actually wants here. Um, I know he recruited a lot of the quarterbacks in that room, you know, Jordan McLeod and Gunnar Cruz, but those were, you know, I don't want to say sloppy seconds, sloppy thirds because that's kind of rude, but like Gunnar Cruz is like the third string quarterback at, you know, Washington State. It was kind of slim pickings. Um, so, it, yeah, he probably he pretty much was trying to just get guys in the room here. Yeah, exactly. We didn't have we didn't exactly. have after Grant and all. Uh, exactly, and it was so late in the process yeah. too. So who knows? I think next year is going to be a better proving um, moment for this team. But I know I still I'm still all in on this coaching staff. To be honest, you know I think just the fact that this team still wants to play and they're still you know so hungry to win at you know being at this point in the season, you know being 0 seven 18 game losing streak. That's so demoralizing. Like any normal team would just give up at that point. So the fact that they still want to play makes me really, really optimistic about this coaching staff. So I'm all in. I don't think it's time to give up on Jetfish yet. Um, I think there's, I think there's hope for us, honestly. Yeah, I mean, after giving someone three years, I would think unless next year is a really big year because I know they gave someone three years, but someone won a few games. 
I remember uh, it was 2019. It was the last year of Khalil Tate, and it was like their last year of hope. They were competitive in a lot of games. They were winning some. So there was hope there. But if, if, the, if the hope doesn't increase heading into next year throughout the first game, few games next year, I wouldn't be shocked if, if he can't make it through a full, a full 2022 season. I mean, that'll be his first recruiting class here in Arizona. And, you know, at a certain point, the program needs to try to move forward. Yeah, I it's it's gonna take a couple years to be honest. I think this team, what this roster that Kevin Sumlin left is just it's gonna take years to fix that up. I think I saw a tweet from Jason Shear either a week or two ago. He said like forty something of Arizona's you know commits were didn't have another Power Five offer other than Arizona. Yeah, like that's just that's you're pretty, not gonna win games with a roster like that. So it, it it's gonna be a process for sure. Yeah, I think it will be. But let's move on and let's get into the game this weekend. It's a 4 p.m. kickoff Pacific Standard Time uh, at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum against uh, the USC Trojans. Um, USC right now uh, is their 21-point favorites. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? you think they can maybe keep it close like they did a week ago? Tough road game, good quarterback. You know, they got Drake London, who's a legit, you know, lottery, lottery pick. Or I guess not lottery in the NFL. Yeah. But top 15 pick, yeah. Drake, Drake London. I mean, that, they, they've got some dudes on that team that could give Arizona some problems. I don't know how this game's going to go, to be honest. Obviously, I want to be optimistic, but it's like the, the talent level between Arizona and USC, the rosters are just so different. Like, but, just marginal. And if you play, but if you play the other side, the way USC's been looking, them to cover a 21 point spread sure, is yeah. pretty crazy. Sure, yeah, exactly. They've, they haven't looked their best, but I do think uh, you got a score prediction, you think, maybe? Oh, gosh. Um, if I had to say. Honestly, I don't know too much about USC's defense. Do you know anything about them? Like, no, I mean, they've been giving up some... I kind of just know about their offense. Yeah, they've, really. been, they've been giving up some points, I know. Can we see a sneaky shootout in this game or no? <laughs> Can we see for the first time um, in the last Score more games? than 19 points. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be great. I, if I had to say it right now, I think I would say USC 35, Arizona... 24. They're going to hit the 19 mark. Yeah. They're going to hit the hammer the over yeah. on 19. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they have to hit it eventually. Uh, I believe Next week against Cal, if they don't hit it this week, they have to hit it. I, I've just never seen a team play so many games and not be able to score uh, at least 20 points. It's really incredible. It's actually incredible yeah. in the opposite way. It's so weird. You know, so what they, they, some of these streaks. You it's know? so bizarre, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Jacob, before we go, I wanted to talk about some more college football and just the overall landscape of college football. Um, who have you liked so far? You got a top five. Who, who do you think is going to be challenging near the, the end of the season? I really feel like Georgia is head and shoulders above everyone else. That defense is just so nasty. Like, yeah, they're, they're I don't really think – you know, I, I was overhearing someone talk about saying Alabama will beat, beat Georgia. I don't really see that this year. Obviously, Bama's good every year, and they've got Bryce Young, who's a stud, but like – Georgia's got some dogs on defense. No pun intended dogs, but they've yeah, got yeah. some dudes on that team. It's just a different squad, uh, that Georgia team. Um, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little homerism here. My sister goes to Ole Miss, so I've been kind of high on Ole Miss this season. I think Matt Corral's legit. I think they got they've a really good really, team. Yeah, been good. Yeah, Matt Corral for Heisman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could. The Heisman, I was going to say that. I mean, the Heisman, I haven't seen it look this bleak in 
you know, years. Yeah. I've looked at multiple websites, multiple people, and everyone just has someone different. And even Matt Corral's played good. His stats aren't anything special, though. You know, he yeah, he's won some, some big games. But I think last week, uh, I forget who they beat, but I think he only had, like, 200 yards or something. So, yeah, the Big Ten this year has really been the, the conference to note that's really been killing it. They have... Um, right now they have three teams in the top ten. So, I mean, I, I would bet at least one t- one of those teams makes it to the playoffs. What do you think? Yeah, what do you got? Michigan, Michigan State this weekend? That's going to be a game. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Michigan, Michigan State, who do you got? Right now Michigan's favored by four. It's at Michigan State. Michigan State looks really good this year under they under do. Mel Tucker. I might take, I might take the Spartans. Great on this running one. back. Yeah, yeah, I might take the Spartans, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like one of these years, and this could be the year when people didn't expect Michigan to be good at all. That maybe Jim Harbaugh. You think this is the year they're actually good? It, it could. It could <laughs> be. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ohio State didn't look out because they're playing Penn State. They're twenty point favorites, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy because Penn State, as you know, lost to Illinois in yeah. nine overtimes. Yeah. But yeah, is anything anything else, Jacob? Before we go. No, this is this has been great. I had a lot of fun. Uh, this is this. I can't get over this new podcast. Dude. This is too much fun. I've never you know had the yeah, headset and the nice great. mics before. This is great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. Uh, and everyone, be sure to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Sports. On Instagram at Daily Wildcat. And be sure to watch the game this Saturday at four p.m. Thanks.